1: Yeah, so I paid for the deposit on the dog, and I was saving up. Um, I actually sold stuff at my school, like candy and stuff, to pay for the deposit.
0: calm down, we're back for another week of GDIY. Austin, what's up?
2: Oh, just out here, getting ready to do this amazing podcast with uh, our very own youth handler from our chapter. So I'm excited about this. I think this is gonna be some new content for everybody. Yeah, I
0: think this is a little different. Everybody talks on these podcasts and in and, and magazines about the importance of getting youth involved. And uh but you don't ever really hear an actual podcast episode with an actual youth handler and getting to hear their perspective of what got them involved, what interests them in this in this world and uh just their journey starting out and so we thought it would be really good to get Walker who uh like Austin said he's a youth handler in our local chapter here he's uh 16 years old and he just recently got his new dog and tested in the NAVDA NA and uh did he, great he did fantastic and uh I think it's going to be really interesting to for people to hear his perspective getting into this world
2: yeah super pumped about this I know uh Walker's been looking forward to it. So we'll get this. We'll get it going here in a minute. But first, we got to go to the. uh, the They'll go to the sponsors here. Got to get the Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels. Hey, I'll tell you what. Three years running. Love them. Use them all the time. Every day, my dogs are in and out of these kennels. So if there's. uh, As far as I'm concerned, there's only one kennel on the market. Why is that? Safest. They got. The double-wall roto-mold plastic, only safety-tested uh, certified kennel on the market.
0: Uh, Top-notch, man. Top-notch. American made It's lifetime-rated. Uh, it's really the only choice for you guys. It has every accessory you can imagine that you need. Fans keep them cool. Mats keep them comfortable. Uh, orthopedic mats uh, you know, help them uh rebound from that long hunt and long drive getting to the hunting it's uh, got everything you need and if you're interested and you're on the market for a kennel check them out use our link at gundog at and it'll shoot you to the gunner web page and anything you buy using our link it doesn't even have to be the kennel it can be the fan it can be the straps it could be the pads it could be anything it really helps our podcast out and it, uh, it goes a long way for us so please use our link at our website and, uh, also while you're at our website, there's also another link that you can do it shoots you to duck camp.
2: Go get you some duck camp. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's served us well so far in the field this year. Um, we recently had a giveaway. We're going to be doing another one of those with uh, duck camp as well for some hats and stickers and some other things that we have from them. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm impressed so far with what they got.
0: Yeah, I was I was extremely impressed with how well their lightweight upland shirt lasted in the uh, briars and brush of Wisconsin. It really held up. It was comfortable. I, I got to shoot and move very well in it. It kept me cool and everything. So, it's got everything you need for wing shooting, fishing, anything outdoors. So, go check them out. Tell them that we sent you. Buy something, put it on social media, and post both of us in it. We'd really appreciate it. And, again, it would help us out a lot so yeah check them out and uh so we're gonna be back with you guys here in a second with walker williams and even if you don't have a kid even if you don't really know what you might gain from listening to this um like every other podcast touches on we're losing hunters Every year, the number of hunters out there doing this. And uh, it's more important now than ever to get youth involved. And uh, this is just a good perspective to listen to a a new young hunter and dog handler coming into this world. And I know there's a big push on this R3 movement. And uh, I don't know if concerning is the right word for it, but somebody that was Walker very interested in this world. He didn't even know what the R3 movement was. And so if that's the movement to get the youth involved and get new people involved and somebody that's very interested and self-motivated to get into this world's never even heard of it, kind of makes you wonder how well us as hunters and conservationists and dog handlers are doing with actually getting people involved in this.
2: Yeah, I think it's a solid reminder that we can always be doing more and as far as getting younger people involved, exposing them to the whole dog world, getting them, you know, positive experiences out in the field. And, uh, I'm, I was super happy and just we'll get in, I guess go ahead and get into the intro a little bit for Walker here, but I was super happy earlier this summer. We expanded just our local chapter, NAVDA chapters, um, training opportunities and we started doing some midweek training out at the field trial grounds here outside of nashville and uh walker and his father showed up and this was early on in the in the uh tra- experiment exper- yeah experiment <laughs> we were just seeing if how much interest there'd be and he showed up and um kept coming back every time that we had it and it's It was awesome. So you could see his excitement, and uh, he stuck with it, decided to test his dog in natural ability, got a prize one, the highest score of the day in, in natural ability, and uh, he's just killing it. And on top of that, Walker just became an Eagle Scout. Yeah. So this guy –
0: The same weekend. Yeah. He tested NA, and then the next day – became an Eagle Scout, which, if you're not familiar with that, it's a great accomplishment. It's it's a very hard thing to do. and So it's a testament to just uh, his work ethic and commitment to this stuff.
2: So, Walker, you want to say hey to everybody? What's up, guys? So, Walker, you're a uh, junior right now in high school. Is that right? Yes, sir. And you're at Martin Luther King School in Nashville. Absolutely. For y'all that don't know, MLK is a very – uh, I'm gonna say pretty prestigious school in in Nashville education wise, it's always ranked very highly in the state. So, um, as we talked about a minute ago, Walker's got it going on all different facets. He's he's uh, making a name for himself.
0: Well, Walker, live up to Austin's uh, introduction of you and tell everybody about yourself. Like what what got you into this? Just start there, I guess. And you know, what do you do and And hobbies and everything. What's going on?
1: So, um, my family, we've always hunted and stuff. So, my dad got me into that from a young age. Squirrel hunting, dove hunting, everything like that. Deer hunting, even. Um, And then, I've managed... We had wimes growing up, too. So, that got me into the bird-dog thing. And a couple of our wimes passed. So, we were without a hunting dog for a while. And I started really pining for a hunting dog. So, we went out and got Rue, my German short-haired pointer... And that's how I got into all the NAVDA stuff. Now,
0: real quick, touch on Rue. What's that short for?
1: Uh garoo It's R- uh, like a Cajun swamp monster thing. Werewolf,
0: man. Yeah. At Louisiana. His, Cajun werewolf. And then he talks about how he wants to go to Alabama next year. I'm a little, a little disappointed in that. But, uh, yeah, so you got old roo and And uh, so what – what made you want to get a short hair? What 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 was your deciding factor in that?
1: Um just honestly it was the availability of them. We wanted a wyme originally, but finding a wyme that hunts these days is really pretty difficult. There's a lot of um not anywhere near here. A couple in out east coast, but, but Yeah. So as oh. far as as far as the
2: whimes go, where all did you try and find them around here?
1: Um there, there really aren't any around here. There's some in South Carolina, North Carolina, I believe, and then other than that, pretty much Michigan. They're, they're not Tennessee. Yeah, but um, so
0: you couldn't find a on Weimaraner. hair was second on the list, or did you just do research and you just landed on it?
1: We did research. You saw they were a pretty popular breed. Uh, found a breeder near us. Decided to give it a try, and I'm really happy with how that turned out. So, what
0: breeder did you get them
1: out of? Um, guy named Larry Mize. Uh. Uh, Old Hickory Kennels and Preserve in, in uh, Pulaski, Tennessee.
0: Yeah, and I, I have
2: a little perspective I can give on this. My dad actually has a short hair out of the same uh, out of the same breeder, and the sire to uh, Walker's dog is the sire to my dad's dog. My dad's dog's a pretty good a little short hair too. So um, it's uh, I think it's awesome, man. Uh, the similarities I see between uh rue and and my dad's dog rose are pretty it's cool to watch absolutely
0: so what made you decide on that kennel did you talk to other kennels did you research other lines or did you just find one that was local and kind of roll with it
1: we pretty much found one that was local and rolled with it and we got really lucky on the draw there
2: well here's here's what i can tell you you know from you you lucked out but at the same time that breeder has a a dog, a stud dog that he uses quite a bit yes, named sir. Beam Me Up Scotty, mm-hmm. right? Great and spot. that's the sire to Rue, correct? Yes, sir. Beam Me Up Scotty is a multi time NASTRA guy, mm-hmm. NASTRA champion. And so he's that's the type of stock that Rue came out of. Yes, sir. And you've exposed him to water and everything now. Great, mm-hmm. and he's he loves all all facets really of hunting at this point that I've seen. So um, you did you made a good choice. Uh, I think that yes, obviously
1: sir. the dogs got it. Mm-hmm. We didn't just go out and like purchase some random dog. We we saw the uh, sire, made sure it was from good lines, did and you, then we. Did you actually get just, to see him
0: work and hunt, or? We, did, we did not? Okay, we so you not. just met him and said, yes, sir. To, "Hey, I like that dog. I'm yes, sir. Roll with yeah. it." Well, when you decided to get Roo from that breeder, what was kind of your expectations of of that dog? Like, what what did you envision yourself getting this puppy? What Like, am I getting this puppy, and what am I doing from there?
1: Well, I went into it knowing I probably wanted to do the NAVDA thing, and um, so after that, just definitely just hunting the dog, trying to get him on quail. To pres- the only hunting I've done so far is preserves, so I'm really excited to start hunting wild birds this season. Get them on quail, get them on ducks, hunt, do all kinds of bird hunting that I haven't been able to do a lot of, but get more into it.
2: So you mentioned that you did. You already have an idea about Navda before you got Ruth. Yes,
1: yes, sir. I looked them up. I was all into that. I was trying to find a Navda to kennel too, but not not a lot of luck with that. There's not in Tennessee, is there? No, sir.
0: How did you learn about NAVDA?
1: Uh, I learned about it from another member, and then it just all fell into place with wanting a new dog, trying to find a place to train him. It all just came together. Was that a local member? Uh, yes, sir. A Mid-South member.
2: Oh, okay. Who
0: was that? Scott. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I guess. Okay, cool. That connects the dots there. So, knew you wanted to get involved in NAVDA, then you got Rue have any kind of training plan with Rue before you got him, or did you just get him and then come show up to NAVDA and pretty much
1: like, hey, where do I go from here? Uh, My dad trained bird dogs, so he had a pretty good idea of what to do, but we mostly wanted to do the NAVDA thing. So we had an idea, but NAVDA really opened our eyes to the versatile dog thing and hunting him on all sorts of stuff.
0: All right, so going back to when you were planning on Rue and everything, this wasn't just a simple your typical, I guess, kid going up to your your family saying, hey, can I get a dog? And your parents are like, yeah, let's get you a dog or, you know, whatever. You actually went out of your way and worked and saved up money, and I don't think you paid for all the dog, but you, you paid for a portion of it. and you want to break that out and, you know, how you went about personally getting Rue?
1: Yeah, so I paid for the deposit on the dog, and I was saving up. Um, I actually sold stuff at my school, like candy and stuff to pay for the deposit and, um yeah, so that's that's
0: so you're willing to deal and dealing, hustling in the school to pay for your dog
1: yeah it was it was a gray area, not supposed to, but <laughs> I wish we could uh. Get yeah, it, the whole world's
2: gonna know that now though. So yeah, but you're a lawyer; you can get them
1: all. Made most of my money on blow pops. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hot the hot item right there. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, what were you doing? Like two or three for a dollar? What were you doing? I was selling
1: them for a quarter a piece.
0: A quarter. Apiece. I was buying them in
1: great big bags. I was making like seventeen cents a blow pop. I had it all figured out. <laughs> so how many blow pops did it take for the deposit? A lot. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. So man. you decide you want a dog, and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna corner this blow pop market in my high school and buy this dog. Pretty much. <laughs> Golly. So um, you mentioned that you knew about
2: Navda before buying uh, Rue. Did did you did they talk to you about
1: Nastra at all when you were there? Um. No, not really. I just I looked up Nastra. I saw there was National like Future Retrieve Association like um gun dogs like it was field trials but not those big running horseback dogs. Right. Didn't want that. Wanted to walk behind them of course, but So yeah.
2: I guess then you didn't did you know prior to purchasing uh Rue that his line came
1: from some Nastra champions? Yeah, I made sure to do I did a little bit of research before I did any of that. Yeah.
0: All right. So but you decided NAVDA was for you, and that, that was the route you wanted to take. Did you know that you were wanting to test, or did you just get into NAVDA thinking I need, wanted some help training, or t- tell us about like what your goals and expectations were with getting involved in NAVDA?
1: Um, it definitely started out as planning to uh, train mostly and just get the dog to where he went. But I'm really glad I found the testing thing and did that because so, it gave me a good thing, good goal to aim for. So where in this process did,
0: did the testing appeal to you? Like when did you decide that you actually wanted to go with the natural ability puppy test?
1: Um, I decided that like once I showed up to a couple training days, I heard about it. And then I decided that's what we're going to strive for to try and get them there by the next test. All
0: right. So decide that you want to do the NA test. Tell everybody about like just the process or the highlights or key points that happened on with you getting Rue prepared for the NA test.
1: Definitely trying to bring out the point, getting him exposed to birds. Uh, the water thing was not a big deal at all. Uh, we did a little bit of tracking, tracking practice and he did good on that, but the main thing was cooperation cuz Rue was he just when he got a like bird scent in his nose, he was all over the place.
0: Yeah. So I know that you you were asking a bunch of questions on the cooperation. Yeah. Did you take people's advice on it what did you decide to do like what was your method of getting the dog to where you felt comfortable with cooperation in the test well
1: the only command i really needed to use during the test was come so and since he did not want to come at first i used nick's advice he gave me during one of the training nights and that worked out really well what was that um, advice uh so you get the dog and then you tell him to come and then if they don't come you basically bring him to you you let him know what what it means and then you just make sure you enforce it and keep lose, like make it a little bit harder on them each time until you're off lead and they're coming to you. So
0: baby-stepping it.
1: Baby-steps.
0: Yeah, so you just went back to square one and baby-stepped it on yeah. up, and his recall got to where you felt comfortable testing with him. Uh, yes, sir. So how old was Rue when you tested him?
1: Uh, he was either seven or eight months. I'm not sure.
0: How, yeah, so he's only eight months old now. You tested young, which... That's a good thing. Um, that's that's my preferred method. It gives you the true representation of that dog at a young age on the natural ability, which I, I think that's what the whole test is designed for. So you go through, you start training, you're, and you're preparing for the test. Uh, test day arrives. What are your thoughts? Are you nervous? What, it, like... But te- describe everybody the test day when you first get there and, and what's going
1: through your head on it. I was definitely nervous, even though I knew it was pretty much up to up to Rue. But um, I was really nervous. Uh, we went down there. Um, re- we were lucky enough to get pretty early on the running order, so I didn't have to worry about a ton of bird scent in the field or anything like that. So I was happy about that. And um, we just did our portions of the test, and everything came together. All right. So...
0: We already said the end result, prize one, best score of the day, but test results for each section. Walk, walk us through how he did. Let's just start with the field. What ha- what happened in the field with
1: you and Ru? Uh Field was good. He uh, well, it was it was okay, I guess. I mean, he did fine. But <laughs> um, I'm just paying attention to the bad parts, I guess. Um, so he did great. So we started it off, um, Rue was, was being cooperative, he turned with me, like f- tried to stay in front of me. Um, we found our first bird a little ways in, he pointed it, it was really nice and staunch there, and then he went in and took it out, and then he proceeded to chase it all the way across the field until it landed, and then he promptly caught it and brought it about 50 yards back and then stopped 10 yards away from us, and then it was just trying to get him back that part
2: and then he went on and did fine
1: yeah he kept going um found some more birds um each point he he caught another one because he ran into the forest but um <laughs> when he was in the field he was definitely showing his point and um although it did i think it may have hurt his point a little bit because on that last bird he definitely did not point it as long all right so he,
0: he ended up he, he showed everything that he needed to in the field absolutely so the point and everything there and there's couple struggles here and there getting them back but wh- whatever he's i think he scored max on everything in, in the field mm-hmm. uh from yeah. what i can recall yes, sir water you said there was no issue so the water no issue through mm-hmm. the bumper he went in there there was no issue yeah. what, uh, what about the track
1: did any any thing that stand out from the track for you on that uh yeah a little bit so for the track uh we went out to this field and um they were they uh they put they put the pheasant out called me over they were like always telling me to be quiet it was kind of weird I was like just wanting to handle my dog but they were kind of micromanaging me (laughs) um so I went over there walked him Nick walked me through the um the release so I was trying to focus on what Nick said for the release and uh he said the guy uh, who who was one of the judges he was really cool but he went all right so the pheasant went straight and ran into that brown patch right there and he was just pointing at this giant brush line that was all brown, so I had no idea what he was talking about. With that way. Yeah, yeah that's that way. I had no idea, so I just uh, hoped for the best, and um, I did the couple steps, let him go. He kind of went downwind, and then he turned up, and then he just disappeared in this wall of brush, and then he ended up coming out with a pheasant, and we were able to... Uh, get him back the judges they weren't like letting me finish come like i think they lost trust in him early because he wouldn't like come all the way back so every time when he was coming to me they'd like step in front of him and take the bird real quick <laughs> Well, i know
0: they're in a rush at that point there was a there's a couple dogs that a couple puppies that got loose and uh had to chase little,
2: around for 15 to 20 minutes
0: ate up a little bit of time and yeah that, that's the nicest way we can put it uh so now that test day's over, it's come and gone. Was there anything that stands out to you on test day as far as like lessons or something that you learned that'll help help you move forward with the dog? Anything that the judges said or anything that you saw with the dog, or could just be that you now see what kind of the testing environment's like. It was it
1: was really cool to see what testing was like and I'm definitely gonna try and go on to utility. But um, I definitely learned that. Like I was so nervous after running him because I was super worried about cooperation. That was what I was worried about the whole time, and um, I just I should have not worried that much because whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But
0: so he got a he got docked on one thing on the test. What yeah. what what was it?
1: That was cooperation. Cooperation. He got a three.
0: So it's funny how this works. Everybody, you know, this is knowing your dog. Mm-hmm. Everybody that tests these dogs, you know what your dog's lacking and uh walker i mean he's brand new to this, six month old pup first time handler and he knew that cooperation was his concern and that's it's the one thing that kept him from a maximum score but he still did great i mean especially for a six seven month old pup you can't ask for anything more than that so training is over testing is over Mm -hmm. it's hunting season now yeah what are your plans and hopes and desires for this
1: training or hunting season um definitely want to get rue on some wild birds try and uh get some quail um maybe grouse i don't think we're going to get a grass but we can try you're um, in tennessee so yeah it's you, you it's can it's try For sure. <laughs> Um, just want to make sure i'm running him and getting him in contact with as many birds as possible
0: all right so but throughout the hunting season concentrating on working or training rue specifically on anything or are you just trying to get him out just for the experience and worry about training during the training season i
1: think i'm going to just try and get him out and hunt him for the experience and get him just good answer the field.
0: good good answer that's what i was hoping you were saying i think we've taught you well so far
2: yeah no that's a good thing you need to just get him out i mean at this point Try to get him some exposure. I think that you have some local opportunities for you to be able to run on
1: some quail. A uh, little bit. There's a place firehouse that has some wild birds. The area we live is has a bunch of wild birds. It's just all about access. So, trying yeah. to find spots to get him on.
0: Well, I know we've talked about we're going to get you on a grouse hunt at some point this season. I know I talked to old timer Bill. He wants to get you out. It's just a matter of piecing it together and figuring out how mm-hmm. how much you actually want to chase <laughs> chase the unicorns and and waste your Saturday. that's not a waste you're out there with a the dog yes it's, sir. it's a good time but so but quail is your primary goal this season for sure okay you planning to do a duck hunt with him
1: um maybe uh, probably not if if we can find an opportunity to do that we'll do it but he's not he's pretty n- <laughs> i don't think he's going to want to go in that cold water and we haven't gotten Fetch all the way down. I mean, he retrieves, but I don't know about going out there like forty yards to bring a duck all the way back when it's January and it's freezing.
0: So, what's next in your eyes for training? So, you're let's say that we're through hunting season now. You had the hunting season of your dreams in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What are you working on come spring when training season hits again?
1: I think force fetch. I yeah. think force fetch. I'm gonna try and get one of you guys to get me on a force fetch program and then spend all of summer doing that. Are you gonna try to do it yourself? Uh yes, sir. Awesome.
0: That'll help out with cooperation. A lot fund, of things bond, everything. That's mm-hmm. that's the right way to look at it. And you said utility. So yeah. you're gonna be working towards a utility test. Mm-hmm. Now next year that's that's a really big Commitment and goal to try and hit next year. Are you trying to hit it next year? You got to take
1: the ACT next year, man. I mean, I mean, um... <laughs> that's a big time commitment. I mean, if everything comes together, maybe next year. But I'm not. I'm definitely not aiming to get like prize next year on utility. I mean, I want to run him. Hopefully, but are I'm you not.
0: considering the UPT, the utility preparatory test? I don't
1: know. It kind of seems like a waste. <laughs> like if you're gonna run him, you might as well go ahead and do the utility. Because apparently it's the same.
0: Now I gotta, I, I gotta ask on this. Is this your thoughts just on an outsider, or did you overhear like somebody, Someone like talk. me or Austin talking about
1: that? I mean, I read the, I read the Navda, like the Ames book, and it, it seems like I might as well. If I'm gonna like pay the test fee, I might as well just run them in something where it's like actually a thing i I don't know
0: (laughs) we're right there with you i just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like you just overheard some guys talking at training day and came up with that on or if you came up with it on your own or what so that's okay that's that's awesome so you don't only do dogs Mm -mm. all right you do the falconry deal too
1: i'm trying to get into it yeah
0: but you you have the what what's called the sponsor, you're in the apprenticeship stage. What what what's the process for somebody? Not even yourself. Just talk
1: about what's the process of getting involved in the falconry in so, Tennessee. So first off, you've gotta go and take a examination where you gotta get eighty percent right on it, just ask you the state gives it. You go to like a TWRA. We went to Ellington. And um, you just get asked a bunch of questions on, like, care of raptors, like, just about the, se- not the seasons, but care of raptors, just legal requirements about pertaining to falconry. And did you already take that exam? Yeah, I already did that. All right, and so
0: you take the exam. What's next? Don't you have to find a sponsor or something like
1: that? Uh, yes, sir. You got to find, uh, well, this is just the order. You can do it in different orders, but usually it's, you have to find a um. So um, a a master or general falconer, like a permit holder who's willing to um, sponsor you legally and like oversee you, He'll help you out with your training, and that you have to have that to get a apprentice permit.
0: And so, do you have that permit now?
1: I do not. I've got to do the next step, which is build a um. It's called a muse or a hawk house. So it's called a weathering weathering area. Also, it just depends on what kind of building you go with, and uh, you have to finish that. You have to get it inspected by the state, and while they're there, they inspect the, some of the equipment you have for falconry, and then they sign off on it if you did everything right. And then you um, send in your permit application to, I'm not sure if it's uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife or just Tennessee, but you send that in and you get it hopefully signed off on, and then you're, you have your permit, and then you have to trap your hawk. So since you're an apprentice, you can only either have a red tail or a kestrel. And I'm probably going to go with the red tail, but you have to do that and then train it and do your whole season and everything.
0: So how many blow pops do you have to sell to be able to build the <laughs> pen?
1: Um, yeah, I, I got a job, so we're, we're past <laughs> yeah. the blow pops what's, now.
2: So what's the, what's the general time frame? How long does this usually take to get done?
1: I got into it January last year, but that's the end of the season. So if had I gotten into it over summer, I probably could have done it this season. We're still building our muse. It's taken a little longer than we expected, What with everything, I've got a lot going on. So it's taken more longer than we hoped, but we're going to get it done.
0: So was the plan all along for you to do falconry and the pointing dog so that you can work them together, or was it just kind of just two separate interests kind of just meeting up together? They just,
1: they're just they just something I can do. Um, generally with the red tails, You're going to be hunting squirrels, so you're kind of just running your dog with them to run your dog with them. You can also do pheasants, but we don't really have that going on in Tennessee. I mean, maybe you're preserved, but not, not as accessible as just taking your bird to the woods and getting squirrels.
2: Are you – is that your plan, though? Do you try – are you going to try eventually to have Rue work with a falcon in the field?
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Like it, an exhibitor, it's like a hawk that's not – it's a faster hawk that's good for birds. That would be cool.
0: What What kind of time frame would you be looking at that as far as like Rue is? So Rue just did the NA test, first hunting season, kind of when would be – is there a certain – level of training that you feel like you need to get to as far as maybe steadiness that you need to get to with um, to be able to do the falconry with him
1: as long as Ruse just pointing and he's willing to listen to me and not like try and get the bird from the hawk uh we'd be pretty good on that as long as he's just obedient but them it'd take a while because to get a hawk that help that you're able to hunt birds with you have to get your general permit so that's another two years it's it's a long drawn out process gotcha
2: so tell me this, how many people that you go to school with do the bird dog thing? Anybody else?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
2: Is What do people talk, do people talk to you about it? Are they interested in it?
1: Uh, a little bit, but they're not like hunters or anything.
0: They're not skipping the parties to come bird dogging with you? No, not really. In general, is MLK,
2: do they, are there a lot of hunters there or no?
1: There's a couple kids, but not really at all. Okay
0: so in your opinion what's what's keeping more people your age from possibly wanting to get into hunting in general not even just the bird dog stuff but what 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 would you say is the biggest hurdle
1: uh probably just people to go with i'm i'm not i just don't go to a school with a lot of people who are any like into the outdoors thing but i'd imagine people to go with and like people to just go out who invite you out on a hunt like take you um to the woods with them probably that
2: did you grow up doing any other type of hunting you talked a little bit about your dad having done bird dog um and bird hunting uh, before but did you deer hunt turkey hunt anything like yeah, that yeah pretty much everything yeah so you you've had an early exposure absolutely
0: so but since you've gotten Gotten rue, gotten involved in Navda. You had any issues with people offering to take you hunting or offering to help or a shortage of you know, just avenues for you to ask questions. Have you had any issues with that?
1: Definitely not. Navda's been awesome with finding people to help and just getting a lot of mentorship and guidance with the dogs.
0: But before that, so I'm I'm trying to hint hint people. Join a local NAVDA chapter. Not just that you, you have the youth right here that everybody's talking about is the target and the goal to try and get involved. You have him sitting here and the best guess that he can give to why other uh, people his age aren't getting involved is because he's not, they don't have access to people willing to take them. And that's supposed to be the primary goal for these organizations and people that talk about wanting to get kids involved. It's, I think it, it, it's a good thing that Walker found some, uh, some people to help him out once he got involved in NAVDA, but I still think that it's, for it to be on, on the highlight reel of all these organizations and groups, I feel like everybody should be doing a better job of actually trying to get new youth to go hunting is i don't know if that's the right way to say it but do you do you understand what i'm getting yeah, at? i mean
2: you i'm mean, you've had the exposure because your dad mm-hmm. that's how i had the exposure nick found it a little different way but i mean the thing is is like you have you had anybody other than your dad say, "Hey, come hunt with me. Come, you know, let's go, let's go quail hunting, or anything like that."
1: Uh, since I joined NAVDA, I've been invited on a couple of hunts. But before but, that, but not really. I mean, a little bit, but not to the extent that, with NAVDA.
0: That's the point that you know, I make with all these organizations: is that they'll say, "Hey, let's get these youth involved," but then it's just okay. Why aren't you taking them hunting? (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't you asking kids? It's it's a lot of talk, I feel, and not enough follow up. And I don't think that it's you know everybody's busy. Everybody has stuff to do. But it just I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm harping on this one point, but it just seemed to stand out to me that he feels like in in high school the reason why people his age and friends aren't doing it is because he's not having. There's not enough people actually offering to take teenagers or kids with them that aren't their own kids. Yeah. So I, I know I kind of went off on a tangent on that one, but I just wanted to kind of emphasize that point for everybody. <laughs> so solid reminder. Yeah. Gotta do it. Yeah. So big picture. Okay. What is your your overall realistic goals for the dog, falconry, whatever. I know you're you're talking about going to school, or going to college here in a year or so. Year or two. What's do you have any plans for that? Are you taking the dog with you? You know what? Just walk us through that. Like walk us through what your big plan is with with everything. <laughs> I know that's um, a huge hey, question. Huh. Yeah. So
2: that's a lot to think about right yeah, there. Yeah. But I was
1: 16. I'd have been like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I definitely just want to have a dog to hunt over. Um it'd be awesome to have a hawk to hunt with. Um we'll see how much time allows for when I'm in college and everything. Um probably if if I can take the dog with me but maybe just stay close to home so I can keep working with the dog when I'm in college. Cuz uh, like
2: Vandy's going to be the backup school, right?
1: I don't know about Vandy. That's, that's going to exp- be that's your expensive safety school. right there. <laughs> <laughs> um maybe UT, I don't know. There you go. So,
0: so you're not just training this dog just so you can go off to college and leave your da- dad with a already trained hunting dog, are you? No, no. that's no. not the plan here. Mm-mm. All right, that's not your dad. That's big that's that might be here. dad's plan. I don't know. <laughs> well, do you have any idea what you're even wanting to study in school?
1: Um, not really. Probably something in the sciences, biology, something like that. Maybe I'm not sure.
0: Forestry, maybe. That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Get the rough grouse scene back up and going here
1: <laughs> we'll see
0: the
2: future savior of sitting tennessee right grouse. here that's Man. right
0: savior of tennessee grouse well uh walker i mean I, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on ask us i mean I, I know you're always real quick to ask questions and everything while while you have us pinned down here what you got anything on your mind
1: uh, not really i'm sure i'll think of 10 things on the car ride home but not right now
0: <laughs> all right well, I, I know this is kind of a quicker episode, but I, like we talked about earlier, I thought it was really a good idea to finally get uh, one of these targeted youths that everybody talks about getting involved actually on a podcast and get, gaining their perspective on it and uh, just, just highlight the fact that there's a 16-year-old kid here that decided that he wanted to get into this world so much that he started hustling blow pops in his high school. <laughs> and uh, – it's a testament that. to him, and not he wasn't only just doing the, the gun dog deal. Like we said, he he passed his uh, young dog at six months old on a Sunday on the NA test, and the next day became an Eagle Scout. You want to talk about that real quick because that's a huge accomplishment.
1: Um, yeah, I just became an Eagle Scout, um, with Troop Seventeen in Nashville. Um, Holler, yeah, it's not that big of a troop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so been in Scouts ever since I was in Cub Scouts, so elementary school and my family's always been involved with it. So it's my brother's an Eagle Scout, so we just went all the way up through the final rank.
0: And what I'm glad you you just said that. I I know you're involved in this because your dad kinda got you involved with it, but you have a brother and he's not involved in it. No. So what's his general hobbies? like what's his interest how come he he didn't get bit by the outdoor
1: hunting bug I'm I'm not sure he doesn't really do the hunting thing a lot I mean he'll he'll pick up a gun and do squirrel hunting a little bit but he's not nearly as often hunting nearly as often
2: Some people got it some people don't
0: <laughs> Well I think uh I mean I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? No, not
2: really. I just got to say, like I said at the beginning of this, I was uh, real excited when you and your dad showed up this summer, and uh, it's been just good getting to know you guys, and and I can see your passion for all this stuff. Uh, It's it's energizing, you know? So uh, like we've hit on a few times during this, if you can take some – take some uh younger people out to to hunt and uh you know just offer that opportunity for them.
1: Um I definitely want to thank my dad for all this cuz I definitely could not have done any of this without him. He's driving me to the training days, to the Thursday night training training nights, everything. So definitely couldn't do it without him and he got me into it. So definitely want to thank him.
0: Absolutely. I th- I think the level of commitment you and your dad have shown, I mean, you you guys are there every training day. Y'all have been there at the work days. Y'all volunteered on the other testing days when you weren't there. It's, uh, I mean, there there's adults involved in NAVDA that haven't shown the level of commitment that you guys have. And I think our chapter's better off for it. I think we need more youth handlers involved. And uh, it completely sl- slipped our mind. But uh, the NAVDA youth program. We need to talk about that. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, tell everybody about the testing with the NAVDA youth program because they offer offer an incentive for you guys, right?
1: Yeah, so for the youth members of NAVDA, you can get a little voucher thing signed and you get 75% of your test fee back, which is awesome because I paid for the test fee. Blow pop money? No, not blow pop money, <laughs> with farm money from a job. Farm money. And, yeah. But um, so that's awesome, and then they have a lot of like scholarship opportunities that I'm hoping to get to use if Mid South does a um a handlers clinic or a youth a youth day, that'd be awesome. So that applies for handlers clinics too. Um, it's not you can get a scholarship for handlers clinics, but there's not like any voucher. Gotcha. You gotta apply for a scholarship, I believe.
0: Gotcha. I knew the thing about the test. I didn't know about handlers clinics as well. So that's that's great. So NAPDA has incentives. If you have a kid, niece, nephew, whatever, just just some kind of kid that loves dogs, you can get them involved. And NABDA actually has a program that incentivizes them and helps you out with some of the finances to get involved. And uh, I think Walker and his dad and even his mom, his mom's brought him out to training days a number of times, and she's been out here a few times. Uh, they've really kind of taken advantage. Not, not taken advantage, but – <laughs> They're using the, yeah. it. They've utilized the program for what it was designed to do and I I can tell by his passion and how many times he's writing us questions and everything. Yeah. He's really into this and I think he's going to stick with it for a while. And I'm just again, I think the chapter's better off for having you guys and I'm glad you made the time to come over here and talk to everybody and give your perspective on this and uh I think that about covers everything
2: no we appreciate it man yeah it's a a solid
0: solid i mean it's it's been great so we appreciate it yeah we look forward to seeing what you and Rue do in the future look forward uh, to hunting with you and training with you and everything Yeah, we look forward to it and we'll check back with you again later on see how the hunting season goes maybe and we'll go from there so uh guys i think that that's going to wrap us up this week so uh real quick as usual social media facebook instagram instagram gundog it yourself uh rate review share all that fun stuff five stars five stars as always and i hope you enjoyed hope you got something out of this episode and uh, we'll see you back next week appreciate it thank y'all thanks